0: My name is Greg Tupper. Speak for yourself. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It's 340 feet. I'm the managing editor of Dave and, Campbell's Texas Football, a cans. magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is the stand in, since Ish is not here. She's a stand in for the favorite person on this show. (laughs) She's actually
1: That's not a high bar to cross.
0: Yeah, but it's true, right?
1: I Like the order of the order of
0: operations goes ish a gap you gap extra gap another gap um dead (laughs) air. (laughs) Exponential
1: Gap gap me. (laughs) <laughs> it's right a, <laughs> yes oh, that's like a shark
0: tails oh the cfl just canceled their season well poop Ugh. anyway um today is monday august you know who just reported that it was tmz uh, they
1: had breaking big
0: news listen, stories listen, before listen, this year buddy no. tmz tmz knows us up they, I'm, uh, I'm no tmz i like that is a we can have that conversation a little later. Uh, today is Monday, August 17th, 2020, 101 days till Thanksgiving. Uh, episode 1010. 1010, the number, or 1,110, I, I should say. 1,010, I should say. All
1: right. This is an integer podcast. I said
0: 1010. 1,010. Uh, 1,010, the number of batters faced by Joe McLean in his illustrious Washington senator's career. Do we first four through the door?
1: We sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, Andrew Christensen, Brent Homan, and Miss Terry Adams. Welcome in, fellas, and lady fella.
0: Lady fella. <laughs> uh, on today's show, guys, I'm going to unveil my top 10 Texas high school football teams most likely to repeat as champions. It is a controversial list that I have the courage to release here uh, on Texas football today. And back half the show, we are going to conclude summer camp. Our summer camp series, where they look at the Houston Cougars, we've moved from west to east. We've made it all the way uh, to uh, to Houston to H uh, Town Takeover. We're going to talk about the Houston Cougars coming up in the back half of the show, and maybe, maybe we're doing it because we really want to bang through these while we still have seasons to talk about. <laughs> but you can't prove that. You can't. I can confirm. Stop. You're not helping. Yeah,
1: I, I, Come that's not my job.
0: <laughs> so, um. I don't know if we have anything to report. Um, So we are, believe it or not, and I guess this is a good segue into our topic. We are now 10 days away from Texas high school football games. If it doesn't feel like that for you, it's okay. Because it doesn't for us either. And I've been kind of processing over the weekend because I was like, like, in my lizard brain, I know we're now less than two weeks away from games. Like, I know they're on the schedule. They are... Go, supposed to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because we've all been so, like, is distracted the word? I think we've just, like, our brain has been pulled in so many different ways. I think if we, we just
1: have a guard up. There's yeah. just a wall up of, we don't want to get hurt again. <laughs> we <laughs> like, don't. Like, please don't crush my spirits any more than you already have. Right.
0: I think that's part of it. So, yeah, I think there's a mental block. So if you, if you are feeling like you like football season is not actually... 10 days away Mm -hmm. but it is like like that's okay we feel that too
1: I don't think I think even the first week like being at that game on the sideline the first week I don't think it'll hit me until that following Monday where I'm like okay now we're back into our routine of we're giving rankings and we're calling coaches and like I don't think it's gonna hit me till that Monday after even the first game like oh okay it's like time to get my mind right yeah and I've been trying to
0: process my feelings over the weekend because it's like like and maybe, maybe it's just because, like, you're right. I just got, like, I'm guarding my heart yeah. j- just in case. Right. But, like, I don't, like, I don't know. I, like, and I'm going to write a column about this in the lead up to the season about this, about, like, the complicated feelings around high school football, which is supposed to be, like, this, this time of, like, for joy, me, like, unencumbered excitement. joy. Yeah. Right? And now it's just, like, filled with, like, anxiousness, too? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm super happy that football's coming back. But, like, for some reason, I can't let my heart go whole hog into it yet. No, because And it's a weird feeling yeah. for me. I don't know. It's, that's, you know... I, I use this show as basically, like, my therapist. So, <laughs> you guys, thanks for, for listening. All right. Let's talk about state champions. Specifically, I'm going to hand out the UIL state championships right now. Like, there's we're not going to play a season. I'm just going to declare the championship. No, that's not true. Uh, but... We are on the precipice of the 2020 Texas high school football season kicking off, and what I want to do is take a look at the 12 UIL Texas high school football state champions Mm -hmm. and give you my list, my top 10 teams that I think are most likely to repeat as Texas high school football champions. So top 10. So there will be two that I don't mention, Mm -hmm. right? But I do think that there are... I think what's interesting, if you take a look at our rankings, our preseason rankings in the 2020 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, I believe you will only see three defending champions ranked number one. Uh, Four. I'm sorry, four. You'll see four. Yes. Um, That is pretty low. I think last year we had eight. Mm -hmm. Eight or maybe even nine. But – We only have four this year, and I think that's because realignment shakes things up. I think that a lot of the champions are losing a fair amount of their their team. And furthermore, I think that there's just a lot of unknowns as far as a lot of the defending state champions are concerned. And so here's what I want to do is I want to count them down. My 10 Texas high school football state champions most likely to repeat. So these are only reigning state champions, right? So like Denton Ryan is not on this list because Denton Ryan is not a reigning state champion. Right, I'm not saying these are the ten most likely teams to win a state championship. I'm saying these are the ten teams that I think are most likely to repeat as state champions. Not all of them will repeat. I'm just ranking how my confidence level on them. Got it? Cool. Let's start with number ten. Number ten, the Richland Springs Coyotes. Um, it's really hard to pick against the team that has the most state championships in Texas high in UIL Texas high school football history, right? Mm-hmm. Richland Springs is, um, is a team that, that brings that, that has nine state championships, uh, to their, to their name. And if you want to pick Richland Springs to win another state championship, history is on your side. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would agree. Now, the one thing I will say is that they are losing uh, a fair amount from from last year's team. They they do bring back Landon Burkhart, probably their best overall player, uh, in in Landon Burkhart, their spread back. But they've got a lot of different pieces to to fill in the gaps. Furthermore, I do think that one A Division two is on the upswing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're going to have to they're going to be challenged uh, week in and week out. Uh, Richland Springs checks in at number ten in my rankings. Number nine. The Pleasant Grove Hawks. The reigning four A Division two state champions, and this one's complicated, because I do Marcus. think I do think that there's a lot to like about this team. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to like about this team, most notably on the defense. Now, um, uh, Marcus Burris yes, uh, is, is, is is out, out for, for the, the year season. because of an Achilles injury, mm-hmm. and that hurts. That yeah. But they still have an outstanding defensive line, um, you know, led by Landon Jackson. The defense should still be very good. They do have to replace Ben Harmon at the quarterback spot, so I wonder how they're going to be able to operate that kind of um, that kind of Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah. They're a chemistry. Yeah, I mean that's he's a huge part of the way that that their offense operates. Mm -hmm. But furthermore, they are now in the same division as Carthage. Yep, we'll get to them in just a moment. But I'm going to put Pleasant Grove at number nine. I think they've got the pieces to repeat, but I think the road got tougher for them. Mm -hmm. They're number nine. Number eight, the Westlake Chaps. Um, This is a really complicated one because I do like a lot of what Westlake brings back. Mm -hmm. uh, A whole lot about what they bring back. Uh, this is a, a Westlake team that I think is poised to make a, a very good run. I think Kate Klubnick is the future there. I think he's got a great chance to to make a, a big...
1: And uh, it seems like they've pretty much like dead set decided on him, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there they were wanting, yeah. what, three of them at mm-hmm. the beginning of the year? Mm-hmm.
0: I think Jaden Greathouse, the the sophomore wide receiver, who was the first ever freshman to start at Westlake, I think he's got a chance to make a, a big impact, mm-hmm. and they'll need him to because they do lose Mason Mangum and Ryan Lindley. Yes. Um, I think the defense has a chance to be maybe not as good... But still pretty darn good. But I do think Division Two is going to be tougher. We project Katie's going to go to Division II bracket. And if they go in there, now they did just lose their running back for the mm-hmm. year. But um, they are, this is a team that is, um, that I think it has a chance to, to make some, uh, some, some noise. Alvin Shadow Creek is now in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Denton Geyer is probably going to go to Division Two route. Right? So there's a lot in here, a lot of landmines here. They are certainly capable of doing it. I'm going to slot them at the number eight, most likely to repeat as a state champion. Number seven, the movers. Let's go to Carthage. <laughs> so this is weird because, like, I think Carthage is really good. Mm-hmm. Hot take. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I think that they're I think they're really good, and I think that you bet against Scots are out at your own peril. Yes. They are a team that I am very bullish on for a couple of different reasons. Um, one of them is that I think that their defense has a chance to really take a step forward. Um, I think that their defense has a chance to take a step forward. I think they're going to be able to run the ball with Mason Courtney. They do bring back Kai Horton at the quarterback spot. Um, I think the offensive line has a chance to be really, really good. But they are in the same division now as Pleasant Grove. And so it's hard, like, when we think so highly of Pleasant Grove, it's hard to just say, oh, Carthage is so much farther ahead of them. I still think that's the case. Um I'm going to put them kind of side by side. I think Carthage is your favorite. But because of the road that they would have to travel, I'm going to put them at number seven, the seventh most likely team to, um, to, to uh, repeat. Number six, the Grandview Zebras. So Grandview is a really interesting case. I like Grandview a lot, and it's hard not to, okay? I I, I love what Ryan Ebner's been able to continue there, what, taking over for Brad Davis. Um, this is a really, really impressive team, and they've got the guy. Mm-hmm. They've got Dane Yench, who's like one of the biggest winners in Texas high school football history, right? Dane Yench is, is a superstar, right? Now, I think they also bring back Demetrius over. I think they have some rebuilding to do on the defensive side, and that gives me a little bit of pause on them. Uh, furthermore, uh, I also think that they are going to be, have to go up against a resurgent Brock team that is now on you know, still on their side of the bracket. I think they're, going to be, they're in the same region as Pottsboro, who looms. They're in the same region as Malakoff, who looms. They're on the same side of the bracket as Wall, who looms. They're in the same region as Grandview, or Glade, Gladewater rather, who looms. Those teams, because of the way the bracket shook out, you have the top six teams for us in 3A Division I all on their side of the bracket, mm-hmm. including a number of them who are in their own region. That makes it very tough. And when you have some questions on the defensive side, the two time defending champs in Grandview, I slot them at number six, most likely to repeat. Number five, not a shocker, the Alito Bearcats. Uh, you know, Death Taxes in Alito. It's the, the the program that's won the most state championships in, in UIL history. And they are a juggernaut, right? There's just a lot to like about this Alito team. Um, now, they do have to replace some key pieces. Um, they are losing. They have a quarterback who is not named Bishop. They're losing a running back who went to Alabama in Jace McClellan, Which right? Which
1: is the first time in what of the 9 years it's or 9 mm. state titles they've had only had 2 that they haven't had. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of you know a lot of bishops. Now they have the kid transferring in I believe from Glen Rose? Godley. Godley. Yes. The kid transferring in from Godley, he's supposed to be the new quarterback there. They still have Jojo Earl, and they still have DeMarco Roberts. I still like a lot of these pieces here. But they, look, they have some pieces to I mean they lost they lost Money Parks. Uh they lost um uh, Aiden Haynes, who I think was a big part of yes. the way that, that offensive line worked. They've got some pieces, to, to, to some holes to fill. And, by the way, they were taken to the limit by Ennis. Mm-hmm. And Ennis looks like they could be just as good, if not better, than they were last year. That said, look, it's Alito. They've got nine state championships. They've got the, the most state championships in UIL history. There is no reason to doubt them. I slot them number five. I don't think I, I, I have questions about them. But you, you doubt Alito and you, you doubt Tim Buchanan at your own peril. Mm-hmm. They're number five. Number four... Refurio Bobcats. Uh, I'm I'm trying to find a spot where Jason Herring will be least mad at me, and I think four is where I want it. To. <laughs> uh, okay, look. We're going to tweet him. Refugio, um, I think that this Refurio team has a chance to be just as good as they were last year, and that is a high bar, and I realize what I'm saying there, considering some of the pieces that they lost, including Isidio Moscoro uh, and Austin Ochoa. But, I think that there are some, some really, really interesting pieces here, like Xavier Wills, the running back spot. He was an all-state linebacker as well. Jordan Kelly is, is kind of the – he's the straw that stirs the drink for this refurio mm-hmm. team. Antoine Gross, uh, Landon Parson. I think this refurio team is loaded for bear. Now, look, they run into the same situation that they seem to always run into, which is, oh, yeah, they're in the same region as Shiner and Mason and Ganado, who's, who's mm-hmm. moving in and stuff like the that. The bloodbath it's just it's a meat grinder mm-hmm. it's a meek grinder and I am sensitive to that that said look I think that they have all the pieces in place to make another run and I think that they've got a chance to, to win a state championship Rafiros the fourth most likely team to repeat a state champion in my opinion number three the Gunner Tigers mm-hmm. let's go to three division two and and the the Gunner is a perfect example of how much do you value a system, okay? Because if you just look at the numbers, right? They only bring back four starters on offense and three starters on defense. Mm-hmm. If you just look at the numbers, you'd say, okay, step back for them. You would look, you would say that. But I think they feel really good about the youngsters they've got coming up mm-hmm. to fill some holes. I think they feel really good about the the opportunity for their defense to really step up and a lot of these youngsters on the defensive side to make a big move. And furthermore, because of the style of offense that they run, or that kind of pistol uh, pistol option offense, that's extremely hard to game plan for. Mm-hmm. And they are going to be a team that that I think is going to be able to, you know, with, with Ethan Sloan and, and, and Hutt Graham at the quarterback spot, I think this team has a chance to, to get right back to a state championship game. Now, look, they will... You know, they will probably... The, the thing that I like about him. one of the reasons that I, I put him here, is that I think that, you know, depending on what you think of Eastland and Holiday, I think they're the favorite to come out of Region 2. Right. They'd run into Canadian in the semifinal. Which is they pretty normal. <laughs> they always run into Canadian. And then they'd run into a team, you know, depending on what, who you think from out east, whether it's Dangerfield, Paul uh, yeah. um, Newton, someone like that. That is, to me, a manageable... A much more manageable road... Um, Up until, like, the regional final. Yes. Than a lot of these other teams that I've already mentioned. Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with the draw that they have. That's why Gunner checks in at number three in my most likely to repeat. Number two, the North Shore Mustangs. Okay. So, again, we're, we're faced with a situation kind of like Grandview, where they have a lot of pieces to replace but they've got the stars they've got Demetrius Davis they've got Shadrick Banks they've got a lot of pieces going together that I really like here on North Shore furthermore they've got the pedigree and I think that North Shore I think North Shore is now at the point where they walk off the bus and they beat a lot of teams right because you you look across and and you see North Shore across the chest and you go "Uh uh-oh here we go. Yeah. I like this North Shore team a lot. I think that and I think that they are going to um I think that especially if Katie goes to the division 2 route, mm-hmm. I think that they would be the favorite to come out of that right side of that bracket, especially if you think that maybe this could be a, a step back here for a team like Lake Travis. I really like what they bring back. I think North Shore is my number 2 team uh, most likely. And and beyond that, if they get to the playoffs, you've got just you've got crazy amount of playoff experience there. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. With Demetrius Davis, Shedrick Banks, and those guys, it's it, just
1: confidence. You can't exactly you, you, can't, teach you that. can't teach that, and no. especially even the young guys watching them come up who have even if they were on the freshman team, they've been on the sideline for the state championships. Yeah. I mean, that's just
0: the biggest question for me. Invaluable. The biggest question for me is going to be what happens in, this, in the uh, on the offensive line in the secondary. Right. If they can build rebuild the offensive line in the secondary, I think they're in good shape. Finally, my number one team, most likely to repeat. You probably could have guessed it by now. <laughs> Not a surprise. Let's go from the large classification to the smallest level man classification. Let's go to Mark. Uh, Look, we had kind of sniffed this out a while ago, a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. that you started looking at their roster, and you started saying, oh my gosh, these guys are so young.
2: Mm -hmm. They're
0: so young, like they could win four or five in a row. And, well, this is year four. They've won three in a row. Mm -hmm. And you look at the guys that have come, I mean, this is a team that has 16 starters coming back.
1: And the guy, just like how Grandview has Dane Yinch, they have Rodrell Freeman. They've got Rodrell the Freeman. Guy. Uh
0: they've got they've got up front, they've got Cameron Atkins, who I think is a is is a a freak at the two A Division II level. Uh I think their I think their line play really gets underrated. Uh now look, that's not to say that there are no holes mm-hmm. to fill. But when you take a look at two A Division two, they have to start the year, I think, as if not the prohibitive favorite, at least the undisputed favorite. Mm-hmm. Because you can make an argument that their biggest challenge on their whole side of the bracket is going to come from within their own district in Bremont. Right. So it's it it sets up it just sets up really well for Mart. Everything clicks. They are, in my mind, the most likely team to repeat as state champions in 2020.
1: Well, and after talking with them too, like talking with Rodrell, there was not like there was just not another option in his mind. Mm -mm. Like he's like. We're getting four. That that's it. And he didn't say it like overly confident or cocky. Even it was just well, and, and, yeah, man. We're and, gonna go out there and we're right, gonna get our fourth one. Like, right. And, and, and here's that. and here's
0: the thing. Okay, there are a lot of good teams in two A Division two. Okay, mm-hmm. Hamlin, Stratford, Wellington, Winthorst, Wink, Albany, Munster. Right. All those teams I just listed, they would only play one of them in a title game. Yep.
1: Because they're all on the other side of the bracket.
0: They're all on the, they're all on that that side of the bracket. <laughs> they're on the left side of the bracket. And to me, that is their biggest strategic advantage is a lot of those teams that I think might be the second or third best team in those regions, in, in, in 2A Division 2 they're all going to beat each other up. And then you get to a title game and who's got more big game experience than Mart? Yeah, literally no one. That's why Mart is my number one most likely team to repeat as Texas high school football state champions in 2020. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That is our subscription package. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. Coming next week, the return of our game projections. Woo-hoo. Right. 'Cause we'll have games, believe it or not. Yeah. We'll have games. So we will have projections for you coming up here next week. Go ahead and lock in. Pickle, one last time.
1: Get in, losers.
0: We are going to summer camp. It is the conclusion of our twelve part series. Summer camp.
1: This might have been my favorite just because I can say that.
0: You <laughs> call our listeners losers. losers
1: yeah. <laughs> I think this is my new favorite segment.
0: <laughs> so uh, we, have, uh, we have arrived on the east side of Houston. We've arrived at the University of Houston to talk about the Cougs. Hashtag H-Town takeover. Um, we've gone from west to east, from UTEP all the way to Houston, and we are here to break down the 2020 Houston cougars and so let's start with the state of the program and the state of the program is we uh, we don't know we don't know we have no earthly idea (laughs) coming off of truly truly one of the most bizarre seasons in texas college football history um we don't really know what to make of Does Houston even
1: know what to make of what they're working with here?
0: <laughs> to be honest. I think they do. You, yeah. I think they feel like they know what they got. But, but
1: they definitely felt like that going into right? last season.
0: <laughs> right. So if you are just waking if you if you have not been paying attention to the most remarkable story in college football in Texas in twenty twenty. Twenty nineteen, rather. So Houston feels like everything's going great Mm -hmm. they bring in dana holgerson dana holgerson first year at the helm and they go and in the middle of the season they get four games in they get four games in and then suddenly comes the announcement that their undisputed best player by far quarterback d.r king along with a couple of other key pieces are going to redshirt they're gonna say no, no, no. I'm gonna take the red shirt. because the the rule is the, the the rule. At least last year in normal times, was that you could play four games and then, mm-hmm. but you could still red shirt. They got those four games in. They're like, no, nah, I'm done. I don't want to play. The idea was, and we were we were like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, are they like punting on the season? Like, like tanking? Like like they? Uh, it obviously looked they were one and three at the time. It obviously was not where they wanted to be. Their one one was over Prairie View. Um, they just lost to Tulane. Mm-hmm. That they, they weren't where they wanted to be. So, like, okay, like, what's going on here? We were thinking, okay, maybe, maybe Dana Holgerson's playing 3D chess. Yeah. Maybe he's thinking, you know what? This is D.R. King's senior year. I'm going to redshirt him and I'm going to keep him for one more year when we have a better shot of contending mm-hmm. for an AAC crown for bigger things. We thought maybe he was playing 3D chess. That kind of went out the window whenever D.R. King transferred. Right. And De'Ara King. He was like,
1: see ya, I'm going to the Miami. And he went to
0: Miami. So now, now, like, we don't really, they end up going 4-8. and eight, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Clayton Toon steps up and becomes, like, the, the quarterback. Talk about a guy that's had a weird <sighs> he's, had a, he's had a weird career. <laughs> like, he's had a weird career. But he's now the guy. He's now QB1. Mm-hmm. Look, in a vacuum, if you take a look at what Houston's got coming back, there's a lot to like. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot to like about it but it's like like because like the the question of what is the state of the program is so complicated because like we don't really know we don't really know what the state of the program is it might be exactly what Dana Holgerson's looking like Mm -hmm. or it might be Dana Holgerson's in the middle of just blowing this whole thing up and starting from scratch and building it with in his own world we don't know right that's that's what makes Houston so fascinating to me Mm -hmm. is that like they are a they are a truly—they're—they're they're borderline like experimental right now.
1: And I feel like as we can look at the players and say, yeah, they've—they've they've got all the pieces that they need, but we have literally no idea what goes no. on behind the scenes there. So mm-hmm. like we could look at the football and tell you kind of what the state of the program is, right. but when you start talking about back office stuff, it's like, uh,
0: right? Because <laughs> have no it's idea. It's weird because like on one hand. You'd be like, okay, well, he wants to get his young guys in and wants to do big things, and that's fine. He wants to hold over some of those seniors to mm-hmm. make sure that they're able to do it. Well, like their, like, their recruiting class was okay. It wasn't, it, it wasn't great. Mm-mm. Then again, it was, it was Dan Holkson's first, like, full, full class. Right. I don't know. It's, it's so hard to get a read on what Houston is right now. That's why the state of the, the, the program is just like a shrug emoji. <laughs> Let's go to the offensive breakdown. The offensive breakdown... To me, has to start with the receivers mm-hmm. because they've got some of the best receivers in the, in, in the state, if not the country. I think Marquez Stevenson is a ultra mega star.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love Marquez Stevenson. I think he's a star. Uh, Keith Corbin, I think, is a really, really solid second receiver. Right? I think. I think you could have a guy like Trevon Bradley step up and be be the guy. They like what they have in Christian Trahan at the the tight end spot. The receivers are going to be, in my opinion, the undisputed strength of this team. The receivers are. Clayton Toon is a real Rorschach test Mm
2: -hmm.
0: of, like, what do you value in a quarterback? I don't think Clayton Toon is, like, a Baker Mayfield, he's not like super a game. athletic, take over like. a game all by himself. But I think he can make every play you need him to.
1: I think he's, he's he is really intelligent.
0: I think he's real comparable to a guy like Charlie Brewer at Baylor, mm-hmm. where he's not gonna dazzle you, old faithful. But then you're gonna look at the score line at the end, or you're gonna look at the box score at the end of the day, and you're gonna be like, oh, oh, well, he threw for 340 yards and he threw for four touchdowns, and he, he did throw one pick, but hmm, that's not bad. That's what I think. I think mm-hmm. that he's that guy. I think he's. I think he's like he's. He probably gets more. Doesn't get enough credit for, for, for how good he is. The running backs are interesting. Kyle Porter, the T- the Texas transfer, uh, and Muldercar. The 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 depth may be a bit of an issue but I do think that this running back, I think the running back stable is pretty solid. The offensive line does bring back three starters. They got, they got absolutely hammered by injury last year, Mm -hmm. which I think that was part of the reason that I think you saw, like one of the things we, we thought, Oh, maybe they're like redshirting all these guys because they, they want to get the offensive line healthy. Well, they bring back three of their five starters from last year's team. I think that this now they are working on a a new, a new, a freshman tackle Mm -hmm. in Patrick Paul, which is going to be an adventure maybe, but Overall, look. I think this offense has a chance to make some noise. Mm-hmm. I think this offense has a chance to be pretty good, and especially when you've got receivers like that. I think I think they've got a great chance. Well, especially
1: when noise. you're not switching who's leading the offense right. every three weeks. I think maybe that helps. I think maybe their
0: their best their best the best thing they could have is just like consistency Sistency. and like a yep. boring week to week thing. Now, of course, gestures broadly, but like you know, right? What I mean? That's that's one of the things that could help. Let's go to the defense, and and look the the defense was not great last year. They were 11th in the American Athletic Conference in scoring defense and totaled in passing defense. But they do bring back pretty much everyone. Yeah. They do bring back pretty, pretty much everyone. Um, I like this secondary. I like the back half more than the front half, and I'll explain. Mm-hmm. I like the secondary a lot, and I think that with guys like Giovanni Stewart, with guys like Deontay Anderson, uh, with guys like uh, Donovan Mouton, I think that there's a lot to like here in the secondary. Line, and, and, and generally speaking, when I think of Houston, when I think of their best teams, they are generally um, reflective of having great secondaries. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see that that defense take a step forward. And if, they do, if that secondary takes a step forward, they tend to lift all boats. Now that's, that's during past regimes and stuff like that. But generally, like when I think of great Houston teams, I think, man, playmaking secondaries. Mm-hmm. And I think they got some pieces to do that. The linebackers, um, I think that they are really solid. Grant Stewart is moving uh, from nickel to, to, to kind of will linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to make his presence felt. Um, I think that this is a linebacker core that has a chance to really be solid. The front gives me a little trouble. Um, there are guys that I like. I like the the Russian and Peyton Turner. But in the middle is still kind of unknown. And that's going to be a big area of concern for me is do they get pushed around up front? If they get, start getting pushed around up front, then that could spell some some trouble for Houston.
1: I think you can look at the Houston defense too kind of like how we talk about the difference between our computer rankings and our in-person uh-huh. rankings that the computer's going to take Okay, yes, they've got seven starters coming back and that sounds all great, but you've got to consider the quality of the starters coming back and yep. so it's one of those things those guys are going to well, have to take those necessarily le- like leaps well, or
0: Furthermore, furthermore, not to not to bring down the room but like one of the one of the reasons i'm a little bit nervous about this defensive front uh defensive front for houston is because of cedric williams cedric Mm -hmm. williams was the kill the kilgore college transfer who figured to be a really important part of that rotation Mm -hmm. well he uh is opting out of the season he developed he had COVID 19 and he uh apparently developed a heart condition from COVID 19 Mm -hmm. and so as a result he's opting out nobody certainly nobody can blame him for that no but taking that and applying it to the depth chart that is a blow to that to the depth up front, especially this close to especially what is supposed to be the start of the season. Especially when you're talking about the middle of that front. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about um, let's talk about the um, uh, the, the breakout, breakout players. Player. I am going to go with I'm going to go with Terrell Brown. Terrell Brown is probably their third running back, mm-hmm. and 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 he played in three games 2019. He was one of those guys who got redshirted. He got some run last year. He figures to be that third running back. As good as Kyle Porter, excuse me, as good as Kyle Porter and Mulbacar are, I want to see that depth develop, and I think that Terrell Brown could be that guy. So I like Terrell Brown as my, as my breakout player. Let's talk, he's a, a he's a guy who, who I think has a chance to, to see some meaningful reps and, and could be a guy to, that could be a breakout star. Let's talk about worst case scenario. So the worst case scenario, and again, look, like caveat, we don't know anything about what the schedule is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what anything, blah blah blah, all that. So it's we hard. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. <laughs> it's really hard to like make record projections when we right. don't know what the schedule is going to or how many games are playing. And how many games are playing? <laughs> yeah. So taking that's the caveat. a broader picture, <laughs> taking a broader look at at the team, they are reliant on a lot of youngsters to take that next step. Mm-hmm. Like, if the plan, if if truly. Dana's playing 3D chess, then that bet's got to pay off. And if it doesn't pay off, you could be looking at a really, really rough year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, not, they have not missed a bowl in two consecutive years since 102 one 2 It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. But if the offensive line doesn't come together, if um, maybe Clayton Toon struggles as the guy, I don't think he will. I think he's going to be solid. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, if that defensive front kind of starts to falter... And it trickles back into the secondary and the defense doesn't make those steps forward. Um, I think the American Athletic is a better conference than it has been in the past. And I think that they can make them pay. I think that, you know, missing a bowl, whatever that means in 2020, Mm -hmm. um, is certainly a possibility.
1: Well, and I feel like off the field stuff, too. I'm more concerned to see if, yeah, if we feel like this 3D chess game continues. Like that could, being the second year not having much figured out, that could really start to affect the program as a whole. A whole I wonder. Dana's I, job and I do, recruiting wise. I do worry.
0: I do worry about.
1: Like they can't get a, it over their head.
0: I do worry about a snowball effect. Yes. That if things start going poorly, then I wonder if people are going to start looking around the room like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like what, How what, did, what, 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 what is the plan? Mm-hmm. There's that. Let's talk about best case scenario. The best case scenario is it all clicks. The best-case scenario is Clayton Toon emerges as one of the best quarterbacks in the American Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. The offensive line gels. They, they they get the ball to guys like Marquez Stevenson out in space to be superstars. Um, the running game gets going. The defensive line holds up and lets the secondary shine. And you're talking about a team that gets up near the top of the conference I don't think Mm -hmm. this is a team that's going to win the conference or win their division but I do think that this is a team that can that can play meaningful games late in the season and I think that's probably the best case scenario there for Houston lots of like here
1: yeah Dana's got to walk off and say checkmate that's how that's how how it's successful
0: things have to click in a certain way and really like they've got to they've got to click in a certain way to keep from having a lot of questions about what the future of this program is. Right. That's kind of the biggest yes. thing. So Houston is fascinating. I am absolutely enthralled by what's happening at Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're the, my most interesting program in 2020. Right. Um, and There's so just so many variables. There's they're, they're a lot to get to. And so there you have it, the grand finale of Summer Camp. Make sure you roll up your sleeping bag and throw it in the station wagon. Because mom's driving you home. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts.
2: Oh,
1: man. All right. No more summer camp. I'm sad about that. Are you sad about that? I am. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Jacob John asked, uh, do you have any sort of an idea when another TEP and STEP are coming out? STEP yes! was in Canada, Aha! so that's, that's part of the reason.
0: I can tell you. Uh, new episode of TEP and STEP. We are recording it Wednesday afternoon evening-ish. Afternoon evening? I don't know. Afternoon evening? Um, And so it'll be out at least Thursday morning, maybe Wednesday night, uh, if I can edit it that quickly. But we are going to break down, it's going to be our 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A preview. So texasfootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider to get Tep and Step coming out either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Step just got back from Canada. Literally um, last night. Yeah, (laughs) literally last night. He got delayed in Memphis like 17 hours, but he's back. And so we will uh, record Tep and Step on Wednesday So there's that. Anything else? That's all I got for you. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Texas Football Today.